0: Today on Daily Hope with Pastor Rick Warren, we continue in our riveting journey through the series, The Invisible War. In it, we'll explore the unseen world of good and evil and see how it impacts our day-to-day existence. Join us for eye-opening biblical insights into the spiritual dimensions that influence our lives in ways we never imagined. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called, Why is Life in This World So Hard?
1: Now we spent about four weeks looking at the battle inside. Why do I struggle with what's inside me? Why do I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things that I I want to do? And why don't I do the stuff that's good for me? And why is it such a battle inside me? Now we're going to move to the second phase, and I'm very excited about this as we look at how do I live in a broken world. Now before we can look at God's strategy for you to succeeding, survive, and and actually be fulfilled in a broken world, we need to look at what happened first. So if you have a message notes, if you'll take them out, I want us to deal with this question this weekend, why is it so hard? Why is life so hard in this world? Everything seems to be a battle. Nothing is easy. The fact is, life is difficult. Would everybody agree with that? It's not easy. Life is difficult. It just doesn't come uh, handed to you on a platter. And so we ask this question, why is life so hard? Why is there suffering in the world? Now friends, that's one of the most important questions you'll ever ask in life. It's been asked by thousands, millions of people, and it was actually asked thousands of years ago by a guy named Job. In Job chapter seven, verse one, he says this. Why is life so hard? Why why is life so hard? And why do we suffer? This weekend, I want us to look at the reason, the results, and the right response to the difficulties you face in life. Now, I want to begin by first looking at the cause, the reason. Why is it so difficult to live on this planet? You might write this down. The Bible says rebellion against God broke everything. Rebellion against God has broken literally everything in life. Now, it all started back with the first couple, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. When God created the world, everything was perfect. It was paradise. And Adam and Eve had no problems, no pain, no sorrow, suffering, sadness, sickness, no trials, temptations, troubles, no defeats, distractions, discouragements, despair, depression. None of this was in the Garden of Eden. It was all perfect, it was paradise. But one day Adam and Eve decided that they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Now, God had said, you can do everything you want to do in paradise, but just one thing. That's the minimum temptation possible. He said, you can do anything you want to in this paradise, except one thing. What does man and woman do? Immediately do the one thing God says don't do. Now, why did he even give them a choice? Because without a choice, they can't choose to love God. If, you have to, if you're forced to love God, if you have no choice, then it's not real love. Adam and Eve said, we know better, we know what will make us happy, we're going to do what we want to do, we want to be gods, and they chose to do the one thing God said, don't do. And the Bible says this, Romans chapter 5, sin came into the world because of what one man did, and with sin came death. Before sin, there was no death in the world. There was no sadness in the world. There was no sorrow. There was no difficulty in the world. People would not die. Adam and Eve could have lived forever as long as it was a perfect environment. It was only when everything got broken that sin brought death into the world. Now, not only did Adam and Eve make that choice, I've made it, and you've made it, and everybody else in the world has made it. We have all said, I don't want to do the right thing. I want to do the easy thing. We've all said, I don't want to say the truth, I want to say what's convenient. We've all said, I don't want to be what God wants me to be, I want to be what I want to be. I want to be my own boss. I think I know what will make me happy more than God does. We've all done this. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, all of us, all of us, have strayed away like sheep. You know, you don't have to teach a sheep to stray. It's natural. It's in their nature. They just naturally are prone to wander. And it says, like sheep, all of us have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own paths. And that means we've all done our own thing. We've all said many times in our lives, God, I'm going to do what I want to do. Even though I know what you said to do is the right thing, I don't want to do the right thing. I want to do what I want to do. And the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 9, the next verse, no one can say I'm innocent. I've never done anything wrong. So we've all broken God's laws. We've all done wrong things. We don't measure up to our standards, much less God's. And we have all not done what God told us to do. The Bible calls that rebellion. Anytime God tells you to do something and you don't do it, you're actually in a war with God. Because God created you to do certain things. When you say, no, I don't think so, I don't think so. It's like a little kid telling those friend, I don't think so. I'm gonna do what I, I know mommy told me to do this, I know daddy told me this, I don't think so. That's called rebellion. Now, I don't wanna go too detailed into this, but there are three kinds of rebellion and you need to know this so you know these terms. Because one of them is real familiar but the other two aren't familiar to you. There are three kinds of ways that we rebel against God. Would you write these down? The first one, you know this one, it's called sin, sin. Now that's a very common term, sin. What's the middle letter of the word sin? And that's what sin is all about. I want what I want, and I want it now, and I'm going to be the center of my own life. I am in charge. Sin is all about I, me, myself, and I. But actually, the word sin means to fall short. It means to miss the mark. It's actually an archery term. It comes from like shooting a bow and arrow. Sin is actually an archery term. If you were to set up a a bullseye uh, here on this stage and you had a bow and arrow and you were to aim for the bullseye and you shoot the arrow and if that arrow didn't have enough energy and it fell short, in archery that's called a sin. It means you missed the mark. It means you fell short. It means you didn't reach the goal. And sin means I don't measure up To God's perfect goal for me. I miss the mark. I fall short. I don't quite make it. I'm not perfect. I'm inadequate to make perfection in my life. I fall short. Yesterday afternoon, I was watching one of my favorite shows on TV, the old Robin Hood reruns. And I've watched them a dozen times. And there's one episode where the uh, sheriff of Nottingham decides he's going to smoke out Robin Hood to capture him by planning a archery competition because he knows Robin Hood's the best archer in the land and he cannot not show up at a competition. So he plans this competition. Robin Hood shows up dressed in disguise. Of course, everybody knows who Robin Hood is except the king who's kind of blind. And um, Robin Hood gets up, and he starts shooting, and he pulls his bow and arrow, and he shoots, and it hits the target, bullseye, dead on. Then he pulls out another arrow, and he shoots it again, and that arrow splits the arrow in the bullseye. Nice story, but you've never done that with your life, and neither have I. We all fall short and we don't make it to the standard of perfection. Now, that's called sin. Now, there's a second word that you're probably not familiar with, but it's just as important, and it's called transgression. Would you write that word down, transgression? Now, transgression is the exact opposite of a sin. It doesn't mean you fall short, it means you go too far. It means you go past the boundary. You break the law. It is an intentional, deliberate disobedience. Sin can be, I just didn't measure up. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't perfect. But, but transgression means I intentionally break the law. I go past the boundary. If I'm driving down the freeway and the speed limit says 55 miles an hour and I'm going 85, that is not a sin. That's a transgression because I'm breaking the law intentionally. You See what I'm saying? It's not like I'm not measuring up. Not that I fall short, it's that I'm breaking the law. I, go, I know it's the law, but I'm still gonna go 85 anyway. That's called a transgression. And you go deliberate disobedience, willful defiance, breaking God's laws. Now there's a third word, and I want you to get this one, and it's called iniquity. Iniquity. Now this one's not used at all in English today, but iniquity means Intention to hurt. Intention to hurt somebody. Intention to damage. Intention to do evil. Uh, Maybe because you're mad or you're jealous or you're envious or you're bitter or you're prideful or somebody's offended you, you want to hurt them back. That's not a sin. That's not a transgression. That's an iniquity. It is an intentional desire to hurt somebody else. When Hitler and the Nazis killed six million Jewish people in the death camps. That was not a sin, that was not a transgression. That was an iniquity. They intended intentionally to hurt those people. They wanted to kill them. They wanted to eradicate that entire race. And that was evil. That was iniquity. It wasn't measure and not just measure enough. It was, it was intentionally meant to hurt, caused by anger, resentment, envy, hatred, bitterness, whatever. Let me explain these three in football terms. If I'm in football and I wanna know the difference between a sin, a transgression, and an iniquity. A sin would be kicking a field goal and it misses. It falls short. Or it hits the goal post and it goes over to the side. That is a sin, would be I have missed the mark. I fell short. Kicking a goal and I don't make the field goal. That's I've missed the mark. A transgression would be offsides. If I jump off sides before the snap is taken in football, I intentionally was going after to get you and I'm out of bounds, I'm offside. If I go out of bounds with the ball and I step out of bounds, that's not a sin, that's a transgression, does that make sense? I've gone out of bounds, I've broken, the law says you stay within these boundaries if you're playing football, but I'm gonna go out of bounds and that's called a transgression. Now, if I come up and I headbutt you, and I kick you in the face, and I break your, th- that's a personal foul, that's an iniquity. I want to intentionally hurt you, I wanna take you out of the game. Jesus once told three stories in Luke chapter 15. The parable, the story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and the story of the lost son, or the prodigal son. Each of those stories explains one of the three kinds of rebellion. Sin, transgression, iniquity. Now David, in Psalm 32, talks about all three of them. And in fact, here's what he says. Look here on the screen, and it's on your outline. I acknowledge my sin, circle that, to you. I did not cover up my iniquity, circle that. And I confessed my transgressions, circle that. And you forgave my guilt he said you know it really it didn't matter which one it was whether i didn't measure up or i missed the mark or i went out of bounds or I intentionally meant to hurt somebody you're still going to forgive me if i confess it to you if i confess it to you now let me just sum up what i'm trying to say in this introduction we all have broken god's laws we have all rebelled by sins transgressions and nicholas we've all done it all three of them we break god's laws and then sin has broken the world and that's why nothing works correctly your marriage your health your finances your body your relationships nothing works correctly because sin broke everything now what i want to do this weekend is help you understand this in fully because when you understand what i'm going to teach you this weekend you will never again have to ask the question, why is this happening? Or, why is this happening to me? Those questions are questions that reveal you don't understand what I wanna teach you this weekend. what the Bible says. When you understand why life in the world is so hard, you're no longer gonna be surprised by it. You're not gonna be surprised when things don't go your way. You're not going to be surprised when plans don't pan out. You're not going to be surprised when things actually go bad. And you will be able to handle the hard times of life, the difficulties of life, much, much easier. So why is life so hard? And why do we suffer? Why is everything a battle? Well, the answer is rebellion against god broke everything that's the reason now what's the result what's the damage well the damage friends is significant because it's in every single area of your life you might write this down nothing works perfectly because i have made poor choices You have made poor choices. The entire human race has made poor choices. Everything's broken and nothing on this planet works perfectly. Sin has damaged everything. Sin has ruined everything. Sin has destroyed everything everything. Sin has corrupted and spoiled everything. Sin has injured everything. Every relationship, every idea, every dream, every human body, everything has been touched by this damage. Now the Bible is very specific and it mentions six dimensions of your life where sin has damaged stuff in your life. And it's not perfect. And if you expect it to be perfect, you're gonna be severely disappointed. These six areas or dimensions of your life uh, are talked about intensively in a book called Ecclesiastes. Now Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. He was the wealthiest man who ever lived, and at one point, he was the king of Israel. And Solomon wrote three books of wisdom, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Songs of Solomon. They're in the middle of the Bible. But in Ecclesiastes, one of these books, he mentions six dimensions of life that are damaged on our broken planet. Let's look at them real quickly. The first result, the first damage, is natural disasters and deformities. The world has natural disasters and deformities, not because that's what God wants, because that's what sin does in the world. The environment has suffered from human sin and human poor choices, and we're on a broken planet. It's not perfect anymore. We're not living in Eden anymore. As John Milton wrote a very famous poem, paradise was lost. We don't live in paradise. We live on a broken planet. And as a result, we have hurricanes and typhoons and wacky weather and earthquakes and all and droughts and floods and you know, it's amazing to me that insurance calls all these things acts of god, but doesn't call the birth of a baby an act of god. In other words, an act of god is only the negative stuff that happens. God does not want these things happening in the world. The world was broken when sin damaged everything. And so now we have all of these natural disasters happening all around us, and God is as upset by them as as we are. The Bible says in Romans 8 20, creation was condemned to lose its purpose. Everything on this planet has lost its original purpose, and that's why we have to get it back. It has to be restored. In the CEV version, it says creation is confused. You know, when you look and you see the birth of, for instance, a pair of Siamese twins who are joined at the head, that's confusing. And you go, what was God thinking there? That wasn't what God wanted, that's what God never planned. That's the result because everything in the world is damaged, including your DNA, your parents' DNA, their parents' DNA, and everything else. Have you figured this out? Your body doesn't work right? Doesn't work. Per- if, if everybody's body worked perfectly, there would be no need for doctors. And so we have defects and disabilities in animals and in people. There are emotional disabilities. There are mental disabilities. There are physical disabilities. Every one of us have defective parts of our mind, our bodies, and our spirits because sin has broken everything. Creation is confused. And you go, why do animals do that? Because creation is confused. And why is there that kind of deformity and de- defect? Because creation is confused. Romans eight twenty two says, all of creation groans with pain. You know what that means? It means that, that the earth needs salvation, not just people. The environment needs to be saved, not just people, because it's all been damaged by poor decisions and rebellion against God.
0: You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Why is everything in life so hard? Why does the right thing often feel like a battle? It's because every day there's a spiritual war raging all around you. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you more.
1: You know, we all face temptations every day. It's a spiritual battle that takes place inside us, and it makes us vulnerable particularly if we don't know how to fight it. To overcome temptation is absolutely essential that you know the tactics that Satan uses to trip us up. And it's vital to learn the biblical defenses that God gives us. He has told us in his word how to handle and how to manage the attacks of Satan. Now, In order to help you learn how to respond to the predictable patterns that Satan uses to tempt you, I've created a study kit called The Invisible War, Winning the Battle of Temptation. This kit, The Invisible War, Winning the Battle of Temptation, includes a DVD with seven different sessions and a simple booklet that'll help you learn how to overcome and defeat temptation in your life. You really need this. In the series, I will teach you the three kinds of temptation, God's antidote to temptation, and even how to avoid temptation in the first place. It is a study guide that you can use by yourself, but you'll actually get more out of it if you'll gather a small group of friends together and study it together as a small group. Now, I want to send you the Invisible War Winning the Battle for Temptation Study Kit as my gift to say thanks for your support of Daily Hope with your financial gift. You know, we can't do this without you. And your generosity helps us take the hope of Christ into places all around the world and now to places that have no Bible, no believer, and no body of Christ. Go to
0: PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can just text the word HOPE to 800 600 That's the word HOPE to 800 600 And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.